Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who's come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses. You hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from nor where it goes. So is it with everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Those of you who've taken Disciple Bible know that scholars call three of the Gospels synoptics, meaning they look alike. They know that Mark's Gospel is oldest and shortest. Matthew and Luke follow the outline of Mark. When you look at a gospel parallel, when Mark says Jesus did a certain thing, went a certain place, they follow that basic outline. Now, Matthew and Luke do add a lot of teaching material. Scholars believe that they had a document that we've never found, but the fact that sometimes Matthew and Luke have an entire story, every word exactly the same in Greek without varying a single one, means either that one copied the other or they both had a common document. And so the Germans started calling this unknown source the Quella, or the Q document. For example, the three synoptics mention only one trip to Jerusalem after Jesus began his ministry. Just one. Well, John's gospel is different for sure. John tells us that Jesus took his disciples to Jerusalem for three Passovers. It's from John's gospel that we get the idea Jesus' ministry must have lasted at least three years. And today's lection is another indication of the difference between John's gospel and the synoptics. Because the three synoptics never mention Nicodemus. And John tells us three stories about him. Here in the third chapter... We heard this story. I'll come back to it, of course. The second occasion is in the seventh chapter. Jesus is doing marvelous things, and the authorities in Jerusalem hear that some are claiming he's Messiah. And one says, he can't be Messiah. The Messiah cannot come from a nowhere place like Nazareth and Galilee. Messiah will come from Judea and Jerusalem. And Nicodemus who had come to Jesus before, John says, said, Our Torah says we should never judge a man without hearing from him first. Nicodemus appears again on that fateful Friday when our Lord dies about three in the afternoon. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus scurry around, rushing to the Fortress asking Pontius Pilate if they may have the body of Jesus to conduct a proper burial before the sun goes down and the Jewish Sabbath begins. Pilate wants to be sure Jesus is really dead. That is verified by the 
centurion thrusting the spear into his side. So the body is given to Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, both of them parts, members of the powerful Sanhedrin, the 70, who made the biggest decisions of the Jewish community in Jerusalem. They took his body down, and according to John, prepared it for burial, put him in a tomb that no one had ever used before, in a garden not far from the spot of crucifixion, and rolled a great stone over the face. Nicodemus. Let's look at chapter 3. First thing I underline that I want to lift up for you is that no one can see the kingdom of God unless one has been born from above. Now, there is a word used here by John that can have more than one meaning, and that word is anothen. If you were writing it in, in English, you would write A-N-O-T-H-E-N. Anothen can mean again. It can mean as before. It can also mean from above. The King James scholar said, well, it means again. You have to be born again. Our New Revised Standard Version says, no, what Jesus was meaning was you have to be born from above. From above. Nicodemus takes the former meaning. Jesus takes the latter one. Let's take a look at what that means. The Jewish community had held since the beginning of the scroll of Genesis that God breathed into humans, into homo sapien. We became a different being. It literally says a nephish, a bundle of appetites. Like a baby bird that's just pecked its way through the shell, mouth wide open. That's what a human is, a bundle of appetites. And God said, this is a really good thing. But when those appetites are not properly reined in, disciplined. There's great havoc in the world. An appetite caused first humans to listen to a talking snake instead of trusting God, taking fruit from a tree forbidden to them, and on the next page, murder. So Jesus is saying, you've been born into this world where values are distorted, You have to have a new orientation, a new origin, if you're ever going to see the kingdom of God. When Dr. Brandon Scott came to give our Barton Clinton Gordy series, after 40 years that this Roman Catholic professor has studied the life of Jesus, trying to determine the most authentic things we can know about him, he said, I believe everything he ever said was about the kingdom of God. In the Lord's Prayer, We pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's not been perfected, but it's happening in some places to some people. But you can't see it if you haven't been born from above. If you have not had a reorientation. Dr. Rudolf Bultmann, who describes Jesus as the authentic revealer, the authentic revealer says he's trying to make you authentic real, genuine, but you need a new origin if you're ever going to see the kingdom at work in this present world. A movie opened in Tulsa, May 4. It's called The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. It comes out of England. I've not seen it. Gail has. 
I've read several different reviews. It's been interesting. They all say, Who's, who could not like Judy Dench? Who could not like Maggie Smith and the other five? It's a story about seven older Brits who decide to make their retirement dollars go farther by moving to India. Now, of course, the British lived in India for decades until finally Gandhi and others came along. India gained its independence from Great Britain, but they decided, we'll go to India. And, of course, the hotel where they're supposed to retire there is not nearly what they've been led to believe it is, this best exotic marigold hotel. India is crowded. It's poor. It's noisy. It's sort of a miserable place for these seven retirees. All right, a man writing in Newsweek said, These seven are trying to escape destruction and death. And you can't run far enough or fast enough to do either one. A reviewer for our United Methodist reporter, Rebecca, wrote, Please... You're telling me that these baby boomers are still trying to find themselves? Let me tell you who you are, baby boomers, she said. If you've spent your whole life with the attitude of, if it feels good, do it, that's who you are. If you've spent your whole life trying to accumulate more and more and more stuff, that's who you are. If it's still all about you, that's who you are. And then Rebecca wrote, If I get to be 70 and I don't know who I am, take me out and shoot me. That was in our Methodist paper. Okay, the point is, if you've lived always in what John calls the world of the flesh, are you willing to let God help you live in the world of the Spirit? Number two. I underline these important words. The wind blows where it chooses. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. But notice here the word for wind and the word for spirit, same word. Now, Jesus didn't speak Greek as far as we know. John writes in Greek. Jesus spoke in Hebrew and Aramaic. So the word Jesus would have used would have been ruach, The word John uses is pneuma. But in both languages, the two words mean wind, breath, or spirit, depending on the context. So our scholars here think, well, maybe Jesus first means wind. You see the wind blow. You don't know where it comes from nor where it goes. So is it with the spirit. But it's the same word. You see the pneuma. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it goes. But the pneuma is here at work nonetheless. You've seen all the articles recently written about Bishop William Willimon. Gee, every time I pick up a newspaper or magazine, there he is. He was one of our Barton Clinton Gordy presenters a few years ago. At that time, he was dean of the chapel at our prestigious Duke University. He taught in undergrad. He also taught in uh, the seminary. Twelve years ago, he decided maybe he could change the church more if he became a bishop. He got within the council of bishops. So he ran, was not elected. Went back to Duke, worked four more years, ran again, got elected. They sent him to Alabama. 
So for eight years, he's been bishop in Alabama. And he just announced, I've had enough. I'm going back to Duke. So they've been asking him, what happened to your bishop? What happened? And there are three questions I want to lift up. One is, what do you think is your greatest achievement? And Bishop Williman said, perseverance. Keeping on, keeping on. Believing God is at work even when you don't see the results you'd hope for. What's your biggest disappointment, your biggest failure? He said, we didn't start enough new churches in Alabama. Some of our little towns are dying, but some of our metropolitan areas are booming. And we built some, but not nearly enough. And the other thing was, he said, I wasn't able to kill children's sermons in every church. You ever been to one of those churches where the preacher stops everything, says, now bring all the little children down, and they have a, you know, a coonskin cap or a, a firecracker or something. And Well, Bishop Williman has said for years, the thing that's wrong with children's sermons is, first of all, they're not sermons, and the second thing is they're not really for the children. They're for the parents and the grandparents, and we use the kids to do whatever we want to do. So he said, I wasn't able to kill children's sermons. Tried hard, wasn't able to get it done. And then the question, Bishop, how would you like to be remembered in Alabama? And he said, I trust and hope that in life and in death, the Almighty will remember me. That's what we all hope, isn't it? How will you be remembered? I don't know. My biggest hope is that the Almighty will remember me and you, all of us. Number three, unless you've been born of the Spirit from above, you can't see God at work. Nicodemus says, well, we know you're from God because we see all these wonderful things that are happening. John through his gospel, points out sign after sign, pointing to the fact that Jesus is the Messiah of God. But I think for us in our day, it can also mean any time you see something really good being done, God is present, whether the one doing it's giving God any credit or not. God is always working for good. You read Harvey McKay. I read his column every week in the Tulsa World. Uh, he and his family have been part of a big envelope company up in Minnesota for many, many years. So sometimes it's about business that doesn't really relate to me. But he had another good story just recently. A friend of his had been caught in this economic crunch. And uh, the company that he worked for was downsizing, and suddenly he was without work. He had never been without work since he was an adult. He had a wife and twin boys, almost 10 years old. He was frantically looking for a new job, frantically looking, his wife going out and doing the best she could every day. The two boys concerned that their daddy had no work and the family was having to squeeze every dollar more carefully than ever before and the birthday of these little boys coming up. They were about to be 10. So the daddy said, on your 10th birthday, I'm taking you to the amusement park. So their birthday came mom went out to do her work and the daddy took these two boys to the amusement park and as they walked up to the ticket booth it said adults ten dollars 
under ten five dollars. And the daddy stepped up and said, three adult tickets. The woman looked at these two little boys and asked, how old are you? And he said, I'm ten today. And the other one said, so am I. We're twins. And the woman whispered to the daddy who was standing at the booth, you could have told me they were nine. I wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. And he said, but they could. But they could. I'd rather spend the money and have my boys know I'm honest, I'm honest. Wherever there is truth, beauty, hope, love, all these good things, God is at work, whether those performing that good act at any moment call him by name or not. Number four, you have to read all of John's gospel to know words that are very important to him. He's very concerned about this world of the flesh, of uncontrolled appetites, and the world of the spirit. But he also does a lot of talking in his gospel about darkness and light. The very first chapter, the true light was coming into the world, and darkness has never been able to put it out. A little later, but people love darkness more than they love light because their deeds are evil. He begins this story by saying, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Later, he will describe that last supper on Thursday night of that fateful week when Jesus said, the one who will betray me sits at the table. Leonardo da Vinci chose that moment for his magnificent painting in Milan when they're saying, not me. It's the one to whom I hand the bread, he said. He dipped it in the dish, handed it to Judas, and John writes, immediately he went out and it was We had a busy week. Sunday through Wednesday. Up early, home really late. So when finally the bishop wrapped the gavel, said the final prayer, I got home, Gail said, you want to watch the Hatfield and the McCoys? I said, why not? So she started playing Hatfield and the McCoys. We didn't get it all watched that first night. We finished the next night. If you saw it, it was on the History Channel. It's about two real families. The trouble began in 1863. These two families had settled right on either side of the Tug River, which is a little part of the Big Sandy. It separates Kentucky from West Virginia. And the McCoys lived in Kentucky, and they fought for the Union soldiers. And the Hatsfield lived in West Virginia, and they fought for the Confederacy. And when one of the McCoys was injured, wounded in the war, and he came home early, 1863, one of the Hatfields shot him. That began the troubles. It just got worse. I mean, later there was a dispute over whose pig was whose, who found it, whose was it, whose mark in the ear of the pig. And the guy that stood up and testified made the case go toward the Hatfields, was shot a few nights later by the McCoys, and finally it was their own kids that were getting killed. It was just terrible. Twenty-eight long years. 
And now the two principal players are old men. Kevin Costner is playing devil ants, head of the Hatfields, and he finally says to his wife, I'll do anything to stop this killing. And then he said three important things. Number one, old Randall McCoy cannot bend, so I will. Two, they got one of ours in a jail. This was a, a man-child. I mean, from the beginning, you had seen that this member of the Hatfield family was a, was a little boy growing up who just didn't get it. He didn't realize the seriousness of things. He was now convicted of shooting a member of the McCoy family, and they were going to hang him. Everybody thought the Hatfields would come riding in, guns blazing, to rescue this young man, and old devil ant says, we're not. We've all trapped enough to know that sometimes a fox will chew his own leg off to save his life. We're going to have to leave this one behind. And he was hanged. He thought it would appease the McCoy family. And the last image you have is old devil ant standing waist deep in the water of the Big Tug River being baptized. John is saying, Judas was moving from light into the dark. Nicodemus was coming from the dark into the light. Which way are you going?